Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Hi, and welcome back to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, uh, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. This is Marley here with a solo episode this week, trying something a little bit different. As you may have seen on our social media, uh, I got the chance to race in Mid-South Gravel a couple weeks ago. And while I was out there, I played around with some audio recordings, you know, pretending like I'm the next Ira Glass on This American Life, interviewing folks and just, you know, getting uh, some audio footage from the course. So with the help of our amazing editing team at Feisty Media, here is the episode. Um, We're 
going to start out with an episode with an interview with event director Bobby Wintle, um, and then you'll hear some different uh, footage from the day. I hope that we convey how joyful it was, how much fun it was, and how uh, just inclusive and special the Mid South Gravel really is. Um, so, without further ado, uh, let's get on with the show. Do you ever meet those people and you just know that they're going to have an impact on your life? Um, Today's guest is one of those people. Um, Bobby Wintle is uh, just a phenomenal human being. And you've probably seen all over social media this thing about the Bobby hug. Um, Well, we get a chance to talk about that a little bit today in a kind of wide-ranging interview that we did. Uh, But let me me introduce him. So Bobby Wintle is the co-owner of District Bicycles and the Mid-South, both located in Stillwater, Oklahoma. For the last 11 years, he has been building real community through the shop, and the Mid-South has now grown into one of the top five biggest gravel dirt road events in the world. Bobby loves cooking Brussels sprouts on cast iron and could stare at a sunset and cry for hours. He's into both long, grueling hike-a-bikes up mountains and sweet, long walks on the beach. Word on the street is that he's a pretty good hugger. Bobby believes in all humans and that they are capable of much more than they ever thought possible. He invites everyone to come to the Weekend Endurance Festival that is the Mid-South next year, March 14th through the 17th. Let's get on with the show. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Marley. How surreal is this? Unbelievable. Can you tell me about where we're at right now? So Marley has so graciously asked me to be on her incredible podcast, which I'm a huge fan of, and I'm a huge fan of you, and I know people tell you that all the time. Mutual. We're going to talk about that. I can't wait. So then we're like... Oh, hey, um, I'm going to be in Bentonville because we talked about meeting in Tulsa or something. And we could have done this at the Mercury Lounge, which would have been really sick. That would have been pretty sweet. They've got some really great non-alcoholic options. Ooh. I know you're on that journey. I'm flirting with that journey. But if you were with me yesterday and last night, you would not think <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk it's, about it's it. It's a journey. I mean, I had some yeah. beers this weekend in D.C. and like, Sick. It's all about moderation. And on Payson's podcast, you talked about having the champagne. And, yeah. and I actually... We talked about like, you know, how do we go through that process of deciding who we spray champagne on and if right. that's a problem for them or if it's a trigger. And I knew that you're, that you're, you, you've stopped drinking pretty much, you know, on, on a regular basis. Cause I mean, I'll be honest, I have a drink every day, yeah. you know, I, I did too for a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, and it is absolutely a crutch and it's absolutely a celebration and it's absolutely like a, a habitual, um, just, a, and there's, there's a something there, you know, yeah. like there's just something there and. And it doesn't have to be. But anyway, and you said that you had that champagne and then and that it was delicious. And it really was delicious. <laughs> so sick. And now pay- I think part of that was because I was incredibly thirsty. And I was also like just in the moment. And yeah. I've never chugged out of a champagne bottle. Um, I will say, watching those videos, somebody literally poured the bottle on me. Like, <laughs> I know there's no training for champagne etiquette, but that's not how you do it. Right, right. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I bet it was Jason from Gravel Worlds because he did that to every... Uh, Jam- uh, all of our our top finishers oh ja- and jason does it at his race too and oh uh, jason you crack me up man he's and- so funny he met me at mount butter and there's like this hill going up to it and i just see this figure running towards me and i was like what is happening <laughs> and then he like ran he i was actually walking that hill at that point and he just like went with me he's like we can do this whatever pace you want to but his energy both of you guys your energy is so infectious it's out of control when we get together it's 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 out of sight and 
and we actually have a lot of things of course in common like that but we jason and i also are almost completely opposite when it comes to like execution on things with our events and so it's actually amazing because he's way more detailed in a, in a lot of ways he's way more organized in a lot of ways if you can imagine <laughs> thank god for sally turner and uh my director of operations to keep things together and and the whole team's amazing but where where are we okay where are we sorry i'm, I'm using my hands a lot i talk with my hands and uh are we? Is there a film of this? Are you? Are you no, filming this? Oh, I figure out how to do it. Oh, it's fine. Technology is well, not my my strong suit. Technology is hard. Relationships are hard. We'll Everything's talk about, hard. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that. Life is beautifully hard. So we decided that we wanted to be outside because it's gorgeous outside. Yeah. Like what we were in the 60s right now, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Low 60s, and we decided let's meet an airship. We'll get coffee. Of course, they're not open until nine which is fine. And we're definitely going to get a coffee soon. And now yes. we're on top of airships surrounded by all of these beautiful budding trees at Kohler Mountain Preserve in yeah. Bentonville, Arkansas, USA. It's wild. So I'm coming up on a year of living here and yes, I moved congrats. here in, thank you. In like you mid, made it. <laughs> I did in mid April of last year. And so by that point, the trees already had leaves. And so now being here through the winter and like you could see all the trails and it's really wild. The abundance of trails it's hard to explain if you haven't been here it's out of control i mean i think two two years ago maybe two and a half years ago i was told that within a 50 mile radius of downtown bentonville that there were over 300 miles of single track oh i believe that and then they were building i think two miles uh two miles a week i think so yeah right is what gary vernon's told me and um it's out of control yeah i say that a lot and and i try not to say like oh it's epic or you know but i use big <laughs> words i'm ex exaggerative it's always the best meal i've ever had or the best movie i've ever seen or like the hardest i've ever cried you just like hyperbole i just want i just want to experience everything to the depths of the depth and in this place bentonville is disneyland straight up and down i don't care what anybody thinks or what they say this place is committed to movement yeah and it's beautiful and every time I come, I see a family that's out, you know, in, on a department store bike or whatever. And they're like, may, they, if this infrastructure didn't exist, they probably wouldn't be outside. 100%. Yeah. I saw a family the other day that you could obviously tell was like three generations. It was kiddos, parents, and grandparents all riding down the street. And like, it just, and like you said, yeah, department store bikes, because it doesn't matter around here. Like, sure, if you're going to go huck it off of drop right. the hammer, you probably need skills can we go get some some nexts and drop the hammer with them and see what happens <laughs> oh my god put we could put like i don't know who's a good mountain biker elliot jackson yeah uh, oh yeah sorry we're just gonna go to the top <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put elliot jackson on a department store bike and just see it actually it'd be really fun we should get a we should get like five of them like payson yeah you know and uh and elliot and then i don't know a bunch of others <laughs> and get them out here and be like all right whoever's bike lasts the longest well, August, you win another one yeah <laughs> <laughs> and a pizza from Oven and Tap. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk Mid South. So you are the director of Mid South. I am the owner, creator. The owner. Okay. Um, Crystal and I together, so co-owner, co-creator of the Mid South. Originally, Land Run 100, LR 100, that uh, we started in on March 9th, 2013. Was the first year. So we're 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 rehashing. Um, you know, I just want to always keep things fresh. Um, so we're kind of, we're kind of looking at maybe some new titles and stuff and I won't talk about that yet just for ourselves and our, our team is, is not changing. Um, everyone is staying on. It's unbelievable what we can do with how many people are on the team and it's, um, myself and Crystal 
and then we split time with operations at the shop, you know, and when I have time, I'm there to work the retail floor or build bikes or do service orders. But that has not been the case since like, I don't know, September. Oh, dang. And so I've been in the office way more with Sally, which has been incredible. And then Josh McCulloch, I hired, actually I was in Bentonville when I hired Josh without asking the team, which was a mistake. <laughs> um, I, I tend to like have a fully formulated plan and, and execute on it. And I mean, I'll be honest, like most of the time the ideas are good. There have been lots of bad ones, but I, I, I staunchly 100% have everyone's best interests at heart within the organization, whether it's district or Mid-South or my participants or my friends, but they, they want to feel included, right? Yeah. I don't want to leave them in the dust or leave them behind. So, uh, speaking of that, I was here in Bentonville in 2020 and we can talk about this. We can talk about whatever, but I was working on, I was working on looking, um, for a lease to open a bike shop. In Bentonville. In Bentonville in October 2020. I spent about two weeks here looking for property, looking for a building that would work for a bike shop that I was going to open with Kyle Kelly from Golden Saddle Cyclery and Joshua Clouck from Angry Catfish, who is also a co-owner with uh, Jeff Frain with Wild Bikes in Minneapolis. And uh, I mean, it's just a part of the story, right? And so I was here talking. I went into the hub at one point and met, I can't remember his name, that owns... Uh, progressive trail designs and he owns the hub i can't remember his name sorry man and i and of course i meet him and i'm like not trying to be like saying that his place isn't amazing because it is amazing i love it but i was like i'm moving here i'm gonna open the best bike shop in the world like let's go because my i believe in my friends so much yeah angry catfish and golden saddle cyclery if you know rest in peace gsc let's dance they were an Um, la based shop who did all sorts of cool stuff and i was always looking on their instagram and like oh i want to do that i want to do that Un- unbelievable. I've, I've been there a handful of times. I worked on a Sunday there because Jimmy was there all alone. Jimmy is on the crust team and he's absolutely incredible. And, uh, so here's the deal. I was here, we were looking for property and Josh McCulloch, this is where I'm headed. Sorry. Sorry. I have to tell like eight stories to tell one. <laughs> Josh McCulloch gives me a call and Josh was for 15 years, the best wedding photographer one of the best wedding photographers on the planet, super in demand, always gone from his family, making tons of money, working for oil and gas people out of Dallas, you know, you name it. That's what was happening. So Josh calls me and he's like, Bobby. So I changed the name, um, of the event. That was, that was the, that was the fall after we changed the name. So then, and folks can look up the history of that. We don't need to dig yeah, into it's that. It's on the Radivist. Right? Yeah. The whole story, my whole story about the process and Yataka Fields contacting me, um, indigenous ultra runner and mural artist who's from Stillwater originally, but now he's in Tulsa at the Artist Fellowship. Read the whole thing; it's amazing. So, Josh, it's a, it's a good example of learning and being called in and making changes. Yep, and and he called me in in the sweetest way. It was just a tag, just like a, a picture of the truth about the land run, and then he just tagged at Land Run 100. And then mm. Ariel Ross, um, her partner is Seth Wood, Doctor Seth Wood, Doctor Ariel Ross, and Doctor Seth Wood had been had been prodding me to, to think about change and to think about the fact that it could be offensive, even though it, I had no intention of that. Was, I was just out of ignorance named the race that because I'm from Kansas. I have no idea. And anyway, um, she sent me a thing. was like, Yadika could be a, an ally. And so then I went to the shop and I, 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 Yadika had been to the shop, had a cell phone number, called him. The rest is history. Uh, he answered the phone right then and there. So read the story on the Radivist. So Josh had done lead photography in 2017 for Land Run. 
and Josh was out uh, hanging out the back of this car, which is the, the the foreshadowing of what this is now and how we're what he does for us in the and works for us full time is crazy. And 2017, if anyone of you are familiar with what the conditions were like in 2017, it was the worst we've ever had. It was 36 degrees and raining all day long. We had a 13% finish rate and we had over a hundred people go to the hospital for mild hypothermia. We had a woman get lost for four hours and we thought she was going to die because she couldn't tell us where she was. It was the scare. It was the scariest. It was the scariest time frame of my life. I would say as an event director, that sounds like just absolute terror. We had our hands on it. We, we had timing strips in different places. We knew how many had come in. We knew how many were out. We, we, we had control. We had the Jeep club out there. They were having a riot. <laughs> they, some of them had their tops off and just got mud, like mud in the Jeeps, in the Jeeps. And, uh, everyone was so cold in the Jeeps because if they had the top off, cause it was freezing outside, but the Jeep guys were like loving it. Yeah. Had adrenaline going. And so anyway, Josh does photography and he ends up making it completely black and white. Every photo we got from him was black and white and it was the best, the best shots I've ever seen. And so anyway, do the name change. Josh has been going through this as a, as you know, white man landowner in Arcadia, Oklahoma, and this whole land back conversation, everything going on in 2020, right? 2020 was like, you know, yeah. talk about it heavy. You talk about heavy. That was the heaviest year of my entire existence. And for all of us too, George Floyd pandemic. So much, all the things. So Josh calls me, I'm at Bentonville. I'm in Bentonville. I'm at the meteor. I'm having breakfast and I'm about to go check out some stuff. And like, I told no one that I was coming to town except for my real estate agent who like has a bike, but isn't really connected and a uh, local guy. And so I'm, I'm, get myself together. I'm doing some emails, social media. And then Josh calls me and he says, Hey man, you've started a conversation about, about the land. And I'm interested. I'm wondering if, if you would have somewhere in the budget for the race to make a physical piece of book. And that's what became the course Atlas. Yes. And he was like, we need a, we need a piece that is indigenous perspective, indigenous led, indigenous designed, created, and then we'll, we'll facilitate it. And then we, we need to find like a way to fund it, to give to every participant. And that, that and we didn't have all of those details in that conversation. And, uh, and he was like, that way we, you know, we can, and also his idea was like, the book is something that you have to just sit with. Yeah. You can't like it. You can't t- double tap on it. You can't zoom in on it. You can't share it. It's the physical book that you're holding you and feeling. You and... can't comment on it. You can't say shitty things. You can't, you can't <laughs> be an asshole. You can't say nice things. You can't pump it up or you just have to sit with it. And that's what's that. I'd never thought about that since social media has been existed that now physical books, I hope are going to continue in their, in, in like their wild popularity and hopefully continue on and bookstores. Hopefully will more will come. Two friends, books, shout out, Slayton. Ew. Rachel's amazing. That place is amazing. Go there, Bentonville, 8th Street Market. Sponsored by. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Not sponsored. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sponsored by. That's, Are you? No, no, oh, no. <laughs> he just walks in and takes what it, that'd be such a cool sponsor. Yeah, I know. A bookstore. Oh my God. I'm not personally sponsored by anyone, which is wild. But, um. Which I don't even want. I don't even know why I said that. But the race is <laughs> obviously the races. That's why. But we're going to talk about that kind yeah. of like the stardom of Bobby Wintel versus Mid South versus your team, okay. and like because we I have a similar conundrum yes. with all bodies on yes. bikes. I want to so know. So we're going to talk about that next. So then Josh pitches this idea about the course atlas that we came up with the name later, and right then and there, I was like, "He's like Bobby, I'm 
I would love to do this project with you. And I was like, can I hire you? Mm. And I just, next thing out of my mouth, I'm like, can I hire you? Because I, I, I mean, I see, I see how incredibly talented he is. We'd already worked together a little bit. His photography was crazy. He'd started this Instagram called the grid line that was talking about the land and ownership and stewardship and reverence and everything. And so he's like, Bobby, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that you said this. I, uh, I am right now in the beginning stages of shutting off my 15 year freelance photography wedding business right now. And I only have a few more weddings lined up, but I want to be with my family and everything else. So, um, I hired him and Josh, Josh was on the team that within the, the month and then started working on this project. And, uh, and now he's like your lead media person. Oh yeah. He's director of media. Yeah. And you guys yeah. just put out an amazing YouTube video. We'll put a link to that. That kind of oh, thank you. shows you the vibes of mid South. It's, it's hard to explain if you're not there. Yeah. Um, oh, I agree. You know, every gravel race has a different vibe and a different yeah. feeling. Um, but the mid South is really, truly something special. Um, so let's actually get into that a little bit about like, you know, well, you mentioned earlier that you tend to make like unilateral decisions yes. or like you make a decision. And you're like, oh, crap, I got to talk to my team. I do the same thing. Um, you know, All Bodies on Bikes was originally Kaylee and I's little baby project. Yeah. And now we're turning into a nonprofit. I brought on this board. Oh, it's very exciting. But it's also like I realize I have to change the way that I do business. 100%. I have to talk to people first. I can't just say, yeah, let's partner or yeah, that's a great idea. Well, I can't say, yeah, that's a great idea. But I'm curious, like how you balance because you have become kind of a star in your own right. Um, you Wild, know, man. Everybody talks about the Bobby Wintel hug. Um, how do you balance, like, not making Mid-South the Bobby Wintel show? Yeah. And also, like, relishing the fact that you are a big part of the reason people come. You know, I think we have to play to our strengths. And you need to do the same thing, which you are. You already are. But I think what you have to do is is you have to define roles. Mm. And if you define... So I thought of this this week. Man, I'm so glad you're asking me about this because no one asked me about this. So thank you for having great questions. You're welcome. I told them, uh, I didn't tell them we had, we had Sally, Josh, Crystal and I actually we had a three hour vision meeting yesterday that we've never, ever done after the race or the event this close to the event. And, um, we were just like, we, we have all these other ideas. Fast Richard is coming up in September. It's our, it's going to be our fall event. It's not, okay. it's not a race. This is a fast. Richard is a, music festival at stone cloud brewing two blocks south of where the start finish line for mid-south is um we'll have all the details soon tons of bands don't know exactly the time frame yet two stages overlapping time schedules set time so you can catch the band in the front catch the band in the back um jesse tabish from other lives when we moved to town other lives was on tour with bon Iver. so jesse is incredible and you should all come i'm um, working on details for a few other bands that you might know and so that being said, we needed this vision meeting and the vision meeting we needed because we need, we need a plan, right? And we have all of these things happening, all these activations, the sponsorship conversations, the, the, the execution of the actual event, where the water goes. Do we have water access here? Do we have electricity, insurance, permitting, able license because we have people selling alcohol. Sally's booking, booking people for the food trucks a year in advance now. We've got, because we want the best food trucks possible. And then She's doing the expo and Josh is building a media team that's out of control. That's beautiful. And then I'm working on uh, partnerships, right? With most of the sponsors. And I'm also trying to keep a relational connection to our customer base. Yeah. To our part, to our participants. To, yeah. To the racers. So we, we, we started for the very first time using an organizational tool 
and, and, and like a one that we can sign into on our phone or get into on the computer. And we can just, it, we visually, we can plan out the entire year. And we started yesterday. So congratulations. This, and Josh and Sally brought this to the table. I mean, this is not me. Like it's not this, it, Sally says everyone comes because of you because, and, and the reason why is because I truly believe in people. And that comes through. Like I believe it, it. It's so genuine. None of this was built for the sake of commerce. I've said that at the start line of Mid South or at the writers' meeting, one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent true. I don't care about money at all. You want, you need, you need something. I'll give it to you. We're at dinner. I promise you, I'm going to try and buy it. Like, and not because I'm rich, because I'm definitely not, and not because I'm, you know, trying to flaunt something or like be above you or like hold something above a person. It's just because I love people. Yeah, I love people deeply, and so. That's what people are attracted to because when people, when you give people, not give people, when you create a safe space for people to be themselves and you step back and you step back from expectation of telling people that they need to look a certain way, sound a certain way, be a certain way, dress a certain way, finish a race in a certain amount of time, close down the finish line at a certain time. Why are we doing that gravel community? Stop it. DFL. We had 400 plus people for Marley. It couldn't have been a more perfect story. We'll get there. <laughs> um, and, and so that's it, right? So the team, so I told, I told the team this, I said, I've seen each and every one of you in your best moment and, and worst moments. Right. And we've seen each other in those best and worst moments. So I've seen you where you feel supported and where you feel like you're in your, in your lane and doing your best work. And I've seen you just like in your vibrancy and be, it's beautiful. And I said, how do we, how do we hold on to that for longer? And how do we, and how do we define roles for each person in the organization? I'm calling it an organization now. I mean, that makes sense. We're not a, we're not an event promotions company. The Mid-South is now a communications firm or a communications company. And we sure. are communicating that people are worthy and I we are communicating that. that people are beautiful. Yeah. And no matter who you are, what you look like, where you're from, who your mom is, all of it. And we're communicating through, uh, through, through media also that you should come. And I have my career and professional, uh, uh, bachelor's degree in communication theory from Florida state university. And Sally has her journalism degree from Oklahoma state university. Crystal has her biology degree from OSU in uh, pre-med. And then Josh has his theology degree and he was going to be a, a pastor. And, and he's one of the most talented photographers and now videographers that I've ever had the pleasure of of being around. And he's also incredibly attractive. <laughs> it's true. Actually, you, your whole team is pretty dang attractive. I mean, I agree. You're, you're good. If there was a beauty contest, in, like in gravel, in gra <laughs> <laughs> I just can we do a runway? Hey, unbound. Oh God. Hey, unbound. Let's do a, let's do a, an actual like fashion show, like a real one. Let's build a catwalk. Let's, oh let's gosh. get real photographers. Let's get a mag. Let's get Vogue. Let's go. The answer is you know, yes. Funny. What's so, the question? I've talked about bike MS before mm -hmm. and we're going to get back to mid South, but uh, they actually had like a Jersey uh, fashion show. Yes. Uh, Cause teams put so much pride into creating their jerseys. Yeah, man. This um, is a reflection of what we think we want to look like. Yeah. I think that could be actually really fun to have folks like, cause a lot of people will make custom jerseys for like their group of friends that's coming out or their company or whatever. This could be really fun. Michelle actually. Duffy. Tell me, tell, tell me no, say less. Let's go. <laughs> Christy Moan. You already know what's going on. Let's go. Chemo, Seymour, I'm calling you out. I'll see you at Sea Otter, baby. We're going to plan this thing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I had a question for you about that, and now it totally slipped my mind because oh, no. my brain is thinking fashion shows. No, I know. Great. <laughs> we need makeup artists. We need all of it. Yeah. Um, 
let's talk about the actual um, event itself. So you've got an inst- so it's both a run and a ride, yep. and you don't call it a race; you call it an event. Yeah, um, a weekend endurance festival. A weekend, both for spectators and for yeah. riders, yeah. runners alike, and also for the people running the event. It's an endurance feat <laughs> for all of us. Um, I just want to talk about you know. The inspiration ride actually is what I want to talk awesome. about. Um, so it's yes. a twelve mile ride. Um, what was the inspiration behind that? Why did you start doing that? Because you're—I don't know of many events that have that short of a distance to bring the local community in. That was a really hard decision to make. Um, it was like, what, what, what is the right distance? Because you know, the the, the logical easy path is the is the twenty five fifty hundred, and and I'm not knocking that. That there's there's value there too, and. Um, Crystal and a few women a long time ago started the Red Dirt Divas, a ladies group. And now it's called um, SGG Fems. It's Stillwater Gravel Grinders Fems. It's a private page on Facebook. And they do Sunday afternoon rides to Inspiration Point that they named the hill Inspiration Point, where we rode to on uh, the uh, the denim ride with Ripton and Salsa. Okay. So um, my buddy Kelly that owns Asthma Coffee, he owns the land right right there. And he saw the video and was like, Oh man, why didn't I open up the pasture for you guys? I was like, dude, it's fine, it's fine. I, I, there's too many things going on. So inspiration point, and the reason they call it that is because no matter what, no matter what time of year it is, it's high enough, and it is southeast of town. And you look back, and you can see all town, Boone Pickens Stadium, where the, the Pokes play football, and, and uh, people eat hot dogs and drink tons of of light beer. And then you can see campus, and it's just it's inspiring. And it's hard for a beginner to get up that hill without yeah. walking. So it's inspiration point. So we talked about the distances. We talked about what to do. And then we were like, well, let's just do this 12-mile route that the, the SGG Fems do, the Red Dirt Divas do all, all, every Sunday. And we will and we were talking. We are like, we'll call it the 12-mile. And I was like, no, let's call it the inspiration ride. Or maybe Sally said, I don't, I, I don't want to take credit when it's not mine. And uh, I do that too often. And it's my, one of my biggest flaws. So anyway, um, and I don't mean to, I think I just forget whose idea it was, but then I just communicate so clearly yeah. and concretely that I'm like, this is in the world now. I, I do the same thing. And people are like, that was my idea. I'm like, I didn't say it was my, <laughs> I, I'm just saying now this exists and everyone needs to know about it. And I'm the one that's the, I'm the loudspeaker of, of, of hopefully radness. People think that I'm involved in truffle shuffle with, with Claire Peniccia and Sally and, I'm not. I'm just. I just want that. I just want everyone to know that truffle shuffle is the shit. Truffle shuffle is the shit. <coughs> uh, truffle shuffle for those who have not been before is a very silly. I don't know how you. It's would an irreverent. It. It's an irreverent dirt crit. Yeah. It's the opposite of. Um. It's not. It's not quite the anti race, but it is. It's a mile and a half loop at Inspiration Point. We we love this place. <laughs> Kelly opens it up for us. This land barbecue comes Anthony and Alexis Croft and make barbecue. Claire uh, includes the barbecue in everybody's registration. Uh, Trevor Stewart, our logistics mastermind of Mid South, um, who owns Oklahoma Freewheel. Oklahoma Freewheel is the cross state ride like Ragbri in Iowa, but it's in Oklahoma, and it's amazing. It's in June. Everyone, you should go to nodroptours.com if you have a week in the in uh, June. I'm forgetting the dates right now, but you should go check it out. We'll include a link to it. Yeah, and uh, you can sign up. There's a they have gravel. They were the first cross state paved tour to include a gravel route for the whole week, and they have the pavement too. And here's the thing about Oklahoma that no one understands: it is one of, and this is like definitively, this is fact, one of the most diverse 
landscapes, states in the country. I mean, I can attest to that even just from riding there. So yeah. last year I did the 50 and I was blown away by the red dirt, the hills, the stream crossings, the what's it called? Like cross timber pines or? Um, yeah. Oh, I forget. Yes. But, uh, no, it's the, uh, oh, I know I'm going to forget. Anyway, just absolutely stunning landscapes. And then this year on the 100, even more so because I guess we got out. Well, obviously got out a little more remote. Um, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I literally felt like you were taking me in circles because there were so many like I was turn, 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 turn. And I was like, what direction am I even going right if now? If you look at the 100 mile on Ride with GPS and just look at the the map, like all the way zoomed out and you see the whole thing in the frame, it looks like Bugs Bunny with his ear down. And I did not do that on purpose. I just took the best of the best, of the best, of the best, of the best that we've learned for the last 10 years since the last time we went to Perry. Perry, Oklahoma was the halfway in 2015 and 16. Okay. This is the first time we've ever repeated it. Again. It was beautiful and the support in that town was great um it's funny because when i got to perry actually let's talk about my actual race day yeah, totally. and how dfl shook out if you're okay with yeah, that kind yeah. of switching gears did i answer all your questions about the inspiration right i think so <clears throat> so well, oh, how yeah. many people um, did you have doing it yeah year? so year one we had what 60 last year and then this year it was like 100 and yeah it's 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 just growing that's so and, awesome. and everyone wants me to do it the day before so they can do that with their family and then do the 50 or the 100 and so it's hard right logistically it's hard the finish line in the 50k there's just a lot of it's spring break all the people that can't do friday can do saturday and and then the 50k ultra marathon is on friday and the double so we have a double you can run 31 miles on friday and then ride the 100 mile on saturday and when we started that in 2017 that was an idea from jack christian jack christian is from elk city oklahoma and he, at the time he was the only oklahoman who had finished the leadville 100 foot race in under 25 hours wow and he's finished western states which is one, the most prestigious 100 mile in the country multiple times. Uh, Jack has finished Unbound when it was DK five times. He has the grail. Jack is a legend. I just, I love the connection with the trail running community <laughs> because I think there is, or there could be a lot more overlap. Um, you know, I've heard really good things about the trail running community staying out to the very last runner. Oh, yeah. And there's some like larger bodied trail runners, Myrna Valerio, yes. um, who have done amazing things. And so I, I love that connection there and kind of, showing folks that like sport is universal they brought it to our attention our running community was like hey we're doing trail runs at mcmurtry we're doing these things we're doing this pumpkin hauler thing we're doing rabbit ears um run uh and steamboat like run rabbit run we're, we're doing these things right and we want to be a part of what you're doing because it's incredible so 2016 was the first 50k and it was on saturday so the runners and the riders were all together and in 2017 the, i had the 50k um on saturday still with the with the bike riders and then i had the double 50k on friday but we like separated them and so a lot of times people <clears throat> you know wonder if they're if they're competing against the 50k runners and also the the 100 miler reg, like open 100 mile categories when they're doing the double but they're not they're in their own category they're in their own category it's their own event so when they cross the finish line at the 50k even if they're first they don't get the podium for the 50k because that's not how I decided I wanted to do the organization, like the organizational structure of the podium. I love that. Right. I, yeah. I do too. It separates it. It gives more folks the opportunity to be on the podium. Exactly. And honestly, so I'd never been on a podium until last year. I think I've told the story a couple of times, um, never intended to. And then I went to a cross race and it, there were three of us. And so basically in my category, basically if I finished, I'd be on the podium, but I had this like competitive streak that came out that I didn't know it existed in me. And I was like, I'm going to get second place. Like I knew I probably was going to yes. <laughs> but there is something special about being on the podium. Wow. It's Which the, I, a year ago. I never would have said that. 
there is. There is. And, you know, because effort should be celebrated. Yeah. Which, let's get back to DFL. Let's go. One last thing about the inspiration ride. The reason that 12 mile works and makes sense, even though it's very short and people are like, am I paying this money to, to do this? But we have aid station and we have support and it's so much fun. And there's so many kids doing it now. My son, Elliot, did it this year for the first time. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. And so 12 miles to me is is very simple and easy. I've been riding for a long time now. But 12 miles to someone else might be like 100 miles to, oh, yeah. to someone else. And, you know, we, we, we don't get to decide the reality for someone else. And so the, the 12 mile could feel impossible. So yeah. it is the inspiration ride. I That's all I want to say. Absolutely love that. And it goes so well with what we're trying to do with All Bodies on Bikes is celebrate every ride. I remember my first 10 mile ride. I thought I was like the queen of the world. Yes. And I was. And if you do that 12 mile ride, like you should be proud of that. Like they're all good rides. Every effort deserves celebration. I'm not talking about the podium. I'm not talking about the pro pro pros. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about everybody top to bottom in between. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes you just need to celebrate that you woke up and brushed your hair and brushed your teeth. Yes. You know, because sometimes that's hard. Uh, yeah. So 12 miles is hard sometimes. <clears throat> Year being one, a human right now is hard. Being human is always hard, I think, and has always been hard. And we always make it harder on ourselves because we're terrible sometimes. <laughs> uh, the, this first year, this this woman did the inspiration ride. She crossed the finish line. Last year, the weather was beautiful on Saturday. By the time they came in, it was cold in the morning, but then it got way better. And so this is 2022, Mid-South, and she just full-on breakdown. Not, I did not expect this from the 12, from the inspiration ride. And she just said, you don't understand. I had cancer 12 months ago and I thought I was dying. Wow. And I never thought I would ever be able to ride a bike again. And I just did that. I did that. I did that. And she started screaming. I did that. I did that. And I was just like, I'm crying. And it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Like we just got started. Like <laughs> this is going to be a long one. <clears throat> and also what people may not understand uh, or remember about last year is that COVID was still happening. We had restrictions. We had, we had a, a vax mandate. We checked things we you know blah 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 so and i uh wasn't gonna hug everyone and then the morning of we had the whole setup and i really really did a number on my team and this was this was this was a, a mistake in the way that i did it because i did not know how i was going to feel once i got into the finish line shoot sure and when i got in there i looked at trevor and, and he was setting things up for like name announcement and all these things to be in a certain place in a certain way based on me not hugging people oh my gosh and i did not think that through and he'd also been up since four in the morning putting up the, the stage and everything so anyway trevor and i have gotten through this and i apologize trevor and brett and rob and the whole team sally everyone i'm so sorry because once i got down in the finish line shoot and we the covid numbers were super low that weekend the lowest they'd been since it started i just said i think i'm gonna be here and i think i'm gonna hug everyone and so when i hugged everyone again last year for, for the first time that that wasn't supposed to happen and now it's become yeah. It's a thing. And it was a thing since year one. I've, I've hugged yeah. every, every finisher except for 2020 when we, or if you pass me and I can't catch you and it gets chaotic. One time I chased a lady almost two blocks uh, <laughs> because she was so pissed at me and they, she walked maybe 12 miles in the mud, whatever year that was. And she was super pissed and she flew past and went down to Maine and took a left and was going towards her hotel. And I was like, I'm going to go get her. And I ran down there and I got her at the stoplight and I, and she was just wrecked, mud everywhere, just crazy. I don't know if it was 16. It was, I think it was 16. It was before the really cold year because it wasn't cold. And um, 
15 and 16 were wet, but not cold. And I, and I was like, Hey, and she looked at me and she was like, I cannot believe you fucking put us through that shit. <laughs> and I was like, you're welcome. And I was like, I'm going to give you a hug now. And she was like, did not want it. And, and, and not, and not like in a way of like, I was violating her or anything like that. And she was just upset about how hard the ride was. But right. I was like, you did that. You finished. And I gave her a hug and her whole body just relaxed. <sighs> yeah. And I don't remember her name and I don't know if she's been back, but you know what? That's a moment. Um, I'll never forget because at that time I had not missed anyone like not at all. And now I, people see me places and they're like, I didn't get my Bobby hug. And I'm like, well, next time you need to stop. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> You're a human. You have to eat. You have to use the bathroom. You have to drink water. And so like you're already extending yourself so much. And I don't think you think of it that way, but like for any all. other person. I have it to give. That would be I a will give it big ask to be out there for 12, 14 hours yeah. to hug people. Two um, days in a row. Yeah. And while also hosting the hugest, like the, the hugest thing in my whole life. That's yeah. a terrible word to use. Sorry. The biggest <laughs> thing in my whole life. I love that. The, the hugest, hugest thing. is, is huging. <laughs> um, okay. So back to DFL. Yeah. But, sorry. So I want to know what it was like on you guys' side. Um, because so I got to the Shanty Butter mile 62 and I hadn't seen Jeeps all day. So I was like, okay, you know, the Jeeps aren't right behind me. I'm definitely not in last. Um, <laughs> and then I saw the Jeeps. Yo. <laughs> but there were still two people behind me. Um, so we were at the Shammy Butter tent or at the Shammy Butter Oasis. Um, and one of them decided to drop out. Her body just like wasn't feeling it. And so me and her partner, her riding partner, were like, okay, we got this. Um, and I could just see in his eyes he was done. This was Raphael from Minneapolis, right? No, he oh, had already it? dropped from oh, okay, there. Okay, okay. Um, I remember I heard you talking about him. And no, he's amazing, is, by the I way. I think it was like Chandler or Carter. I feel bad. I don't chance maybe. That's okay. So let's see. Anyway, he, he's a local. And, um, you know, we were ping-ponging back and forth, and the Jeeps were right behind us. And um, he was like, I'm so pissed at these Jeeps. I just feel like they're revving their engines behind me every time I try and climb. And I was like, no, that's just how the Jeeps sound when we're going three miles an hour up a hill. Like, they've got to get their Jeep up the hill. Anyway, he was struggling a little bit, and he was like, Marley, I'm going to quit. I was like, no. Like, you, we're so close. Like, we can do this together. You know, you can have DFL. I don't need the recognition. Right. That's um, super sweet of you. But he didn't want it. And you were at mile what? I forgot. It's like 75. <sighs> yeah. And I was like, I've got extra food. I've got water. I've got edibles. What do you need? <laughs> I want to go on a bike ride with you right now. <laughs> okay. I probably have some on me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we did ride our bikes here. It's true. I rode single track in my new Nike uh, tinny runners. My dad calls them tennis shoes. Uh, without my clip-ins, I left them in the car, and I just like rode all the wild downhill stuff from the parking lot down. Yes, I'm so sick. So okay. Anyway, so let's keep going. So, at there were mile <clears throat> seventy-seven. You know, we had enjoyed this beautiful sunset together. I had taken a bunch of selfies with some cows. Uh, <laughs> I was having the best day. The jeeps uh, actually mentioned you taking selfies, and they were like, "She just keeps stopping and taking pictures of herself," and then we were like, "That is her job," and. <laughs> that is exactly what Marley should be doing. And I would be doing the exact same thing because y'all, we need content for the consumption. Exactly. Of, uh, and the thing is, is like, I wasn't stopping to take pictures. No, I know. I was stopping to like stretch. Cause like my back was like uh, cramping or like, of course they exaggerated it. Cause you yeah. took like two pictures of yourself. Also which is always what's like, going to happen. I don't think they're used to like, they're used to following fast people. And so for somebody to be going my speed, no, they, they're not, 
they're not they're used to what they the, did with as you. A back. yeah actually they kept saying you're going so fast you keep the speed up you're gonna be two hours ahead of the last dfl yep and like that wasn't even on my mind so anyway the jeeps were with me from like miles 68 to the end and i really had to pee at like mile 70 something yes. and i was like what am i gonna do and if i would have said like hey i need to pull oh, yeah. off but i was just like no i'm gonna keep going you know it'll be fine oh i hate that feeling <laughs> i hate that feeling I, and this is a this is a this is a, a a thing that guys guys can do or or humans that that have uh you know their appendage that they pee out of and uh you know I I figured out how to pee while riding because when I I go do big rides and I'm not ready for them I <laughs> I start drinking water like crazy yeah. just to keep myself going and then I have my body reacts like why and I have to pee in it like a racehorse over and 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 I'm not going fast like a racehorse I'm going very slow. Because normally I'm not prepared to go do these big, long, stupid things. So then if you get, I just figured it out. If you get this long, is this okay? Yeah. Okay, sick. If you get, I've taught people at uh, Unbound Camp, at the XL Camp. How to call, pee on the bike. Yeah, yeah. And one of their wives were there, Courtney, and my buddy Alan from Albuquerque. Courtney, hi guys, I love you. You're amazing. Um, they, I taught them how to how to do this while Courtney was in the room. And now Courtney like mentions it every time that we talk or FaceTime. It's hilarious. <laughs> so anyway... You go down, you find a gradual downhill. If the, depending on which direction the wind is going is which side I put my foot down on. Cause you know, you gotta be careful. And you put your foot all the way down, like bottom of your pedal stroke. And you just take your bibs and you rip them down and then you just let it fly. But you have, you have to be able to coast and go downhill and, and you can't have too much of a headwind cause you'll piss all over yourself. And uh, I have pissed all over my handlebars, all over my water bottle, all over my <laughs> shoes, all over my bike on accident. But it's such a game changer. And I wish that women that you people know with vulvas yeah, there we go yeah. people with vulvas that's a, that's a that's a beautiful way to say that and and uh, but anyway give it a say, shot be careful was... you could fall with your uh, dick out and it would hurt really bad if you fell on it because uh, it happened to my friend Trey up in Wichita because his his he had new pedals and he wasn't familiar with them and he was peeing off the bike because a lot of guys do this. <laughs> And he on his foot came out of the pedal, and then he just ate shit, and then just raw dogged his dick all over the gravel road. <laughs> oh my God. All right, listeners. Uh... And, uh, and I mean, that's just the truth, and it's not sexual. It's just, no, it's just a body part. It just it's ha- and yeah, it's just your body part that's incredibly sensitive. Yeah. And <laughs> Trey told me that. Trey, I'm sorry if I should have told that story, but homie. Thank you for telling me that. It's oh my gosh. So okay. Funny. I'm just like imagining this. Um, I've had many peeing related incidents on the bike. <laughs> I think uh, everybody has that's done something longer yeah. than 15, 20 miles. It's just, it's a fact of life. When you're out there for 14 hours, you're going to need to use the bathroom. You're going to need to eat meals. You're going to need, or like. If you want to get in, if you want to do another one sometime and do a bike packing one with like Seth and I both, uh, yes. we could talk to you about our, our, our pooping experiences. So uh, all, we could have a whole episode all on. along the continental divide. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so I figured out that I was DFL at mile 62. 60, well, like 65 or okay, something. Yeah. And then at mile 77, it was confirmed because the other guy dropped out. Um, so I was just like alone with my thoughts and like. What was that moment like after after you gave up on trying to convince him to keep going? Um, Where'd your mind go? To the finish line. I knew you guys were going to be there. Um, I, How does that feel? Overwhelming. To be honest, um, but also really exciting. Like expectation, but also like anticipation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but I also knew that I still had what is that seventy seven plus what twenty three? Yeah. yeah, it was a hundred a hundred point nine miles. So I still had 
time to enjoy the ride and to get myself prepared mentally for what was about to happen. Um, and I think the most beautiful part of the ride for me was the single track. Um, right. Because, I mean, the Jeeps were a great companion. And honestly, like, so I had brought light to Maybe me. we need to address that. And I try to have it. I do address it with them. Um, no, I have absolutely zero complaints. To them. We yeah, don't need to I just, them. I just want to make sure that everyone feels like they're having their own experience. Oh, so, 100%. Okay. So they stayed behind me. And then, like, when I would stop, the lead Jeep would pull up to me and be like, hey, you know, just making sure you're not quitting. Because I think they want to, like, radio <laughs> in and go catch the next DFL if yep, they have to. Yep, yep, exactly. Like, yep, because we, we make it a production. Exactly. And so it is. It's a hard thing for them to totally. manage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were phenomenal. And They're the best. We yeah. could talk about them for hours. Like, and I, I would like to t- chat with yeah. them more. But um, you need to have one of them on the pod. Definitely talk about why they do it because most of them don't Leah. even ride bikes. They told me Leah Storm and Corey are, and Chris Indy is the lead guy. But we, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. They're they're amazing. Um, so, oh, I had lights on my bike, but they weren't very bright. And he said, "Hey, is it cool if I turn my lights on to help you see?" And I was like, "Yes, a hundred percent." Um, and so there was a mo- like the lights were behind me. I had a really good cadence going. Um, my brain was in all sorts of crazy places and I was just like, this is the greatest day of my life. Um, <laughs> out of my face. Bobby just gave me a, a giant high five. Um, yeah, I just felt really, really alive. And I've been dealing with a lot of like kind of emotional flatlining lately where yeah. I haven't been feeling anything. And so I think having that 20 miles, which for me is about two, two and a half hours to prepare mentally and to really sit in the moment and to get ready for all the appreciation that was about to be showered on me. Because I have a really hard time with being in the moment, appreciating yeah. praise and celebration. And so being able to take that time for myself in the single track, turn my lights off, look at the stars, kind of ground myself of like where I was at. Um, and then coming out of the single track, there was like this just crazy cheer from the Jeeps. Because they, they saw my little light coming through the woods. No, I've not heard about this. Yeah. so I just got the chills. I saw my light coming through the woods and there's, you know, 30 Jeeps sitting there waiting for me. And there was honking and cowbells and like this huge cheer. I have, I have chills thinking about it. Um, and so after that, it was just a straight shot into town. Um, I was not expecting the police car to meet me and turn on its siren and its lights. Uh, we didn't set that up either. Chris did that on his own. I was just like, Chris Howell, what is that truck? Right. The white truck. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. And then, you know, we went up that little rise into town and there were a bunch of photographers there and I got this burst of energy and they were running and I was like, do you guys want to race? So I like raced the photographers on foot in and then came into just the best reception. And I remember Crystal had asked me at the midway point or maybe at Shady Butter when it became evident that I was going to be DFL, uh, what song are you jamming out to right now? And I was like, they're going to have it on. And so I had um, Tegan and Sarah put out a new album this year. Yes. Uh, called, and they have a song called I Can't Grow Up. And it's just been really resonating with me about like, why do I need to grow up? I don't. No, never grow yeah. up. Never grow up. What does that even mean? I don't know. What do you mean? Like, I, what do we need to grow why do we? Why do we need to I think to we gr- have this perception of like, you know, what a grown up is supposed to do. Like, get married, have kids, be responsible, own a home. Yeah. I haven't like, done any of that. Like, you're like, and yet, yeah, right. And like, you're supposed to be a man or a woman only. And you're supposed to, yeah, get, yeah. get married. And you're supposed to go to college and have a job. And these and, expectations. And do these and... things this way. And it's like, you know what? Fuck that shit. Yeah. And I, I've been thinking about it a lot with my therapist about like all of this stuff. And I had this realization the other day that like I had really hard years as a teenager, like very depressed, suicidal, but I was like very high performing and like valedictorian. 
I could, never you could compartmentalize. Yeah, I never imagined what my life was going to look like as an adult because I didn't think I was going to make it. So yeah, I'm about to cry because I haven't. I don't talk about this much. Um, so like all of these achievements that I've had are just like, okay, this is cool. I never planned for it. I never hoped for it. I never dreamed for it. Um, so thank you for creating this space where I can celebrate the fact that I did this ride and I don't know. It was just a really special day. Just you're welcome. Thank you for showing up. (laughs) Thank you for making the decision as everyone knows to switch from the 50 to the hundred. Yeah. Well, I remember you were, you were back here in like maybe January, no, last year. And we went to dinner and I was telling you about my my thought to do it. And you were like, you could do it. It was August, right? Or whatever. No, I don't don't know. know. I don't know. But you and I had a deep conversation about it. And then, um, cheese, Matt, Matt Hopkins. Oh God, I love Um, you. Cheese. I had met him last year. He's gonna be so embarrassed for talking about it. I know. I know. Good. (laughs) I know. Alley cat. If you're in Tulsa, y'all don't sleep on alley cat ranch barbecue. barbecue. It is, I went first time. Uh, Nick is the pitmaster. Cheese, Matt, call him Matt. We get to call him Cheese, not you. And only if you know him do you get to call him Cheese, uh, I think. And he's a, you know, I think basically like a system manager. Or yeah. whatever. I mean, he's just in the in the truck. Yeah. They're building out this huge old gas station space with hundreds of seats. And, uh, but in basically the mean- like an adult playground. Yeah. But in the mean- meantime, they're doing everything out of a truck, yeah. out of a food truck that's permanent in that spot. And then, and a little like dining area out front and it's dialed watershed group out of Tulsa has Kilkenny's has, uh, Hemingway's has Nola's. If you want to get brunch at Nola's on Sunday, good luck. It's like a two and a half hour wait. Dang. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's out of control. Don't and it's- sleep on Tulsa. Y'all. No, no, no. We get on, we don't have time to no. talk about what it's like to be on Tulsa time. <laughs> oh, just, you know, just living in that Tulsa heat. Like, oh man, anyway, I love Tulsa. Okay, back to Matt and why we brought him up. Yeah. Um, he was DFL a couple years ago. I don't remember exactly what year, but he... He was DFL 2017 in the 20, 36 degrees and rain. The, the absolutely and, wild year. And was riding with Jared Bunk from Hope Cyclery in Pennsylvania. And Jared fell and cracked his Warbird because he was trying to ride through and he oh my broke, gosh. His, broke his derailleur, broke his hanger. Um, and, and cracked his frame. Yeah. So, and Jared's shoe, uh, the front part of Jared's shoe had gotten just destroyed from walking in the mud. His toes were exposed in his socks. Oh my God. And it was 36 degrees and raining y'all. And Jared was like, I'm finishing no matter what. But then he broke his bike and that was it. I mean, he would have to walk. So him and cheese were together. And then, I mean, they were just like, what do we do? No. Yeah. And cheese was like, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. And so anyway, his best, his advice to me, cause we, we dated for a hot second. Yo, hot, <laughs> hot, hot emphasis on hot. Emphasis on hot. It was, it was a good time. Uh, I just really hope that I'm embarrassing the crap out of him right now. Anyway. Uh, I'm hopefully going to see him tonight. So. Oh my God. Give him a big hug. For I me. promise. Uh, I'll probably give him a big kiss for you too. We, <laughs> he's the, I can tell uh, you how he likes it. I know. Oh my God. Okay. We need to stop. This is way too early. <laughs> anyway. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> we went from la- crying to now I'm cackling in a way that not many people maybe have heard me cackle. So you're welcome, all bodies on bikes world. Uh, anyway, he told me that, you know, even if I need to walk the hills, just keep walking and eating. Um, just keep moving forward. Yeah. And that was, and I like, in those dark moments, that's what I was thinking about was like, Matt can do this. I can do this. Bobby believes in me. Everybody believes in me. I'm going to do this dang thing. And honestly i don't want to say it wasn't that hard but all things considered course conditions were perfect yeah weather was perfect 
I mean, I finished in short sleeves and a vest and I was fine yeah. at 1030 at night. Um, and I think everybody's like, whoa, you were out there for so long. But, and I've said this, I was planning to be out there for that long. So I had food, I had water, I was prepared. You were prepared. Like. Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. And you got both. Prepare for a day. Right. It wasn't even the worst. Like right. that's. <laughs> so right. everybody's like, oh my God. Like, no, that's normal for me. Oh man, that's sick. Yeah. I don't know. But apparently it was the fastest DFL. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You have the, you, you have the FKT. DFL. <laughs> uh, okay. Challenge for next year. But the thing is, is you can't plan to be a DFL. Like you oh, just no. got to ride your ride and see what happens. That's the most beautiful part about it is that like no one's ever, you know, manipulated it. No. Right. And, and people joke about it because of the skull and the, the longhorn skull that we get. And the party. And, and the party. It's, and it's quite the honor. It, and we, we, we've always believed in, in celebrating everyone top to bottom. And then we, we kind of realized one year, I don't remember when we realized like, Oh, like we could really blow this up. And like, we don't give the winners anything but a, a metal trophy. Yeah. And, uh, we could, well, like we could really go for it. And whose idea was it? It was Banjo Brothers. Yes, okay. that's right. And it's been since year one. That's right. I was at Frostbike. Yes. Thank you for helping me remember this. You're welcome. I was at Frostbike. In Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Crystal wasn't there. I was there alone, and it was our very first Frostbike because we had opened the shop in 2011 in October. 2012, we didn't know about Frostbike. We weren't really connected to QBP and Salsa, and then by the time we became a Salsa dealer, I started selling fat bikes. We were like the biggest fat bike dealer in the southern hemisphere of the United States. I'm still listening. I just need to yep. tell somebody that I'm going to be a couple months late to okay. next meeting. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, next don't meeting. be sorry. This is I'm amazing. sorry, not sorry. And I'm walking around Frostbike, which is on the, the like not the production, but the um, warehouse floor of quality bicycle products that owns Salsa Cycles, owns Surly, owns All City, um, 45 North, and, and, and others. And I'm walking around talking to everybody about the fact that I've got a brand new event called Land Run 100 that's on March 9th, 2013, and I would love it if any of them came. And so then I'm talking to Banjo Brothers, and they're like, Yo, we'd, we'd like to be a sponsor and we're going to give you one of our Banjo Brothers backpacks, but you have to give it to DFL. And I'm like, yes. And I'm like, and that, and that, and so again, unbelievable idea that was not mine or even our teams, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, Banjo Brothers, thank you guys so much. And I know we're not connected right now um, with everything with with the race or anything like that, or even kind of carrying stuff for the shop that often. We do bring in your paneers and we love them. But I will say this: you are the reason why there's some beautiful cardinals and a bird that I have no idea what it is. Yeah, prancing around on top of airship and Kohler, and that is why this place is also it's magic. Just special. All the trees are about to they're budding out and they're about to fly, but. Anyway, Banjo Brothers is, is the reason for the creation of the structure of DFL. And then in 2020, Stetna, Peter Stetna and... Big Tall Wayne. Yeah, and they were like, we're coming back. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. I we're felt bad. I missed them. at the, Like, I saw them, and I missed giving them a hug. And I was like, I really wanted to say thank you for them being there. There were like 400 people I there. I couldn't find Trevor. I needed the microphone. I was like, where's Trevor? Where's Trevor? And they were like, he's over there. And I go over there, and I was like... He's out here. Where's Trevor? And I couldn't find him. <laughs> All right. So here's the vibes while we were waiting for you. And yeah. we, when we found out it was you, when they radioed in and told us it was Marley Blonsky in last place, DFL, and that it was happening and that you were in great spirits and everything was good and you were going to be there sooner than anyone What time ever was been. that at? About? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. 
sun was down, I think. We I bought a disco ball. Yes. Um, ten days before the race, maybe less. Paid expedited shipping to get it here so we could figure out how to mount the motor. And we were like, we're not putting it, we're not putting it up all day. We're gonna wait till the sun goes down. And Trevor's like, I got it. Well, I'll put it up. We'll figure out the chain and the timing clock. And he figured the whole thing out. So the timing clock is staying in the middle. Disco ball dropped, bought a 20 inch one, like huge. It was a big disco ball. It was not cheap. Sweet water. Thank you for getting it to me so quick. And uh, we put it up and then I find out it's you. And I, I mean, I, you know, you know me, I'm so emotional the whole day anyway. There were times this year where, um, where I started crying when the, when Bell and the Vertigo Waves from Kansas City were playing on the stage. We've never done this before with the live music right next to the stage. We, it was so cool. It was out of control. Yeah. And, and we'll never change it. It will always be right there. And Belle was just getting after it. She's an incredible performer anyway. <clears throat> and, um, man, this sickness is almost gone. I'm like right on the tail end. She's raging. The band is shredding. They're amazing. She works at uh, JHS Guitar Pedals out of Kansas City. Joshua Heath Scott has been here two years in a row now to do photography, and he rides bikes, and he owns the company, and he works with, like, everyone you could imagine. John Mayer, the war on drugs, like, you name it. Jack White, like, he works with them directly. And, and he's the coolest guy I've ever met and humble as oh, the day yeah. is long, right? And, and takes beautiful photos. And terribly attractive also. Like, just take me on a date, Josh. <laughs> I'm going to be on the JHS show on YouTube soon, and it's a really kind of a big deal, and I can't believe it. And then uh, Bell and the Vertigo Waves has asked Bobcat to come open for them at the record the record bar in Kansas City, where Dang. I've gone to shows and seen the Get Up Kids that are my favorite band ever. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. We find out it's you. And I just bury my face into my hands. And I'm like, I, this day could not get better. <laughs> it was the I best mean, day of my I'm life. I'm not going to lie. It, like, it did cross my mind of like, oh, damn, this is really good for content and really good for storytelling. Yes, but it was also genuine as fuck. Oh, it was like yes. actually happening. We didn't. We didn't plan it. We didn't. We didn't. We couldn't. You no. can't. And I, I you genuinely can't. had a really good day on the bike. Like, dude, you no mechanicals. It. Fourteen hours. I felt really good. Is like, great. Yeah. Seven thousand feet of climbing, almost. It was a lot of climbing. I tried real hard. That might have been my hilliest ride ever. I could have put it over seven thousand feet and made it one hundred and three miles, but I didn't do it. So Thank everybody, you for doing that. you're welcome. <laughs> but next year, no I promises. I remember being at Unbound last year and I hit the hundred mile because that was my first century ever, and realizing I still had four miles to go, and I was like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> The longest one we've ever had was year one. It was almost 108 miles. That's a lot. Yeah. We're really masochistic. <laughs> I think you have to be to even ride this distance. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Even, like we said, even the 12. Yeah. Well, hey, Bobby, I could talk to you for hours. Anytime. But I have a couple more questions for you. Yep. They're going to be kind of rapid fire. Yep. Okay. Because um, I have to go to another call to talk about future plans and storytelling. Yo, because Marley is in demand and the skillet so the skillet is hot and the pancake batter is delicious. So we're making <laughs> stags. I do want pancakes. Um, Me too. I'm so what hungry. Is, so these are rapid fire. Let's go. What, and then we can get coffee downstairs. Yes. What is your favorite part of Mid-South as the event owner, director, etc.? The hug. The hug. All right. Every one of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Not just not, not one. Not, do you not ever get other. people who are deeply uncomfortable and you can tell and you just wrap them up in your arms? That's amazing. Like I get people that don't know that it's a thing. Yeah. And that's the funniest. That's funny. That's not my favorite, but it's funny. And they go, oh, oh, I get a hug. <laughs> and they say it just like that every time. They're like, oh, this is, oh, we're doing this now. And I'm like, yeah. Yes, And I'm are. like, how, and I, I try, it gets chaotic. Dry, dry years with as many people as we have now, the finish line gets chaotic. 
Um, I'll be honest. I want it to be dry every year. Listen to me, people. I don't want it to be wet. We're going to joke around about it forever and always say hashtag pray for rain because it's funny. But these events are very different. If it is wet, it's, I mean, the, 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 the pros, let's talk about the pros for one second. Dry year, they're, they're averaging, averaging um, over the 100 miles, what, 22 miles per hour is what Payson did. So fast. Do you know what Payson can do in the mud? That is still so fast. Like 16 to 18? 16 miles an hour. Yeah. And walking and running. And I'll never forget it. 2020 when Stetna, Colin Strickland, and Payson McKelvin, and, um, oh, dang it. Why am I forgetting his name? Dang it. Don't forget his name. Awesome cyclocross dude from California. I'm sorry, homie. They're all vying. <clears throat> Carrie? No, not Carrie. He's, 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 he's a little bit of an older, older dude. Okay. And uh, dang it. And he's in my, we've got a YouTube video. If you go to midsouthgravel.com and go to the Stoke tab and go to films, please just enjoy yourself. We've spent a ton of time and resources and money and energy making a lot of films. One of them is about the socially distanced Mid-South in 21 of me riding the Storm Chaser and what it was like to ride the Storm Chaser and what it was like for me to ride my event on what would have been event day because mm. I, I, everyone's like, do you ride? Do you ride the race? I'm like, no, I've, I'm at the finish line. Yeah. Both days for everybody. So anyway, uh, that's so, but, but when it's wet, the hug, when it's wet is a, there's a, it's a, there's a deepness, a deepness like the deepest well that you, you can't see the bottom of it, the deep, the, the deepest depths of the ocean that when people cross and they stop and they are, I mean, done top to bottom, fastest people, the slowest. And, and some, some people are okay, but sometimes they're just like, that is the hardest thing. That's harder than any ride, any distance I've ever done, no matter what. And they just melt into me in a way that, um, that does happen also on dry years, but it's just not it's the, different. It's not the same. Yeah. The, the, uh, we, we are now in the process for the first time of building a structure of this is a, this is execution of a wet year. This is execution of a dry year. Interesting. Yeah. We need to have it. It's different. Yeah. I imagine in terms of rider support and volunteer support. And safety. Safety. Uh, and... Warm, we now have warming stations pre-planned even in a dry year. That's so smart. That we're like, yo, if we need to get people off the course. And we had in 2017 that bad, 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 13% finish rate. Only 100 and some people finished out of 700 starters. Um, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was, it was more than that. We had a thousand, I think, I don't know. We, we were leaving people's bikes on the side of the road and piling as many people in the Jeeps and turning the heater on as full blast. Kuat, Kuat, shout out, been with me for 11 years sponsor. They went out in their big van and they were like, we're going to the Smoky Pokey out by I-35 and 51. And we just created Smoky Pokey as a drop point. And they were just filling people in their van and bringing them back. That's amazing. It's crazy. So my favorite part of the event Besides the music, the music is probably way up there. And of course me playing and I'm sorry, y'all, like, I know I'm not very good, but I, this is my opportunity to have a thousand or 2000 people standing right in front of the stage. I'm going to make you listen to me and my band play music and I'm uh, sorry, not sorry. I feel like you could just see the joy in your face when you're up there. It's like, okay, yeah, Bobby loves this. It's what I thought I was supposed to do forever. Yeah. Um, okay. What is the most challenging part? Running, running my ideas that I know are, are phenomenal and great by my team before I execute. So I'm sorry, team. I'm working on it. I can deeply relate to that. Very, very deeply. Um, so you're not alone in that. But I love all facets of this. Yeah. People talk to me like, don't you hate retail? Don't you hate this? Don't you hate uh, the, the the questions about reg? And like, can I get in? And oh, I, I need a refund. And oh, I'm mad at you. I'm like, no, I love all of it. Yeah. I love it because I love people and I love experience and I love creating experience where people feel loved and welcomed and, and, and accepted. And so like all of it's a part of that. All of it. And it's an, it, and like when people don't understand it, I, there's two ways that you can approach 
a conversation and a question about someone that doesn't understand the intention of what you're doing. Number one, you can get really pissed off at them and be like, they don't get it and they're dicks, blah, blah, blah. Or it's a chance for education. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how many times the latter, the education piece has come into play and people's lives and perspectives have been opened up and changed because of how we handle ourselves as an organization. Yeah. And and respond to them I mean, in a loving, accepting, understanding way. And if they're rude to us, some, you know, like we just, we, we are always going to lead with love. Love wins every time. Hate destroys. Love wins. Yeah. And you really do feel that conviction from your team in every single interaction. Yes. Um, you know, top yes. to bottom volunteers, everybody, even like the mayor of, was it the mayor of Perry who was out there? Uh, the, the mayor of Stillwater. The mayor of Stillwater. Will Joyce. And then I, I brought, I brought, uh, Larry Pinnell, the, the city manager of Perry, uh, to come and, and just say hi to everyone on the stage. And I think I blew his mind. I think so too. But I mean, just those connections Not that you're me, building. We blew his mind. The connect to these rural communities and, you know, showing folks that this is possible. I think you're really opening up a new, um, area possibility to small towns and like economic rejuvenation. And I have Jim Cummins, I have Jim Cummins and Joel Dyke to thank for that because they created DK 200 with Christy Moan. Well, Christy came in a little bit later and she's the piece of the puzzle that brought it downtown. And that is and that was what's now people know as Unbound. Un, correct, sorry. And uh, but yeah, but at the time that's what they created, right? And thirty-four people behind a hotel, and then Christy got involved a couple years later and said, "Hey, we need to involve the community. It doesn't need to be behind a hotel. It's getting too big." By two thousand ten, they had five hundred participants, and I rode my bike from my house on seven twenty-seven South Garfield Street, and I rode down with Emery and Crystal, and we watched five hundred riders leave Commercial Street in twenty ten. And I called Leland Danes and I was like, Leland, why are you not here? What is going on? And he was working for the National Guard at the time doing some recreational things. And then he came back um, for really low, low paying but commission-based position with, with DK, with Unbound. And uh, Leland has just recently left Lifetime after the acquisition. And now he is the, uh, he is the um, Visit Emporia director. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. just such a cool story. So anyway, about, I like, learned from others yeah. and, and like we steal from each other and we share things and we, you know, it's, it's super, it's super fun. Like we're all doing great work. It's so fun. Y- yes. A hundred percent. Okay. And then our final two questions that we ask every guest. Yes. Um, what does your dream day on a bike look like? Mountain biking, Crested Butte, Colorado, uh, big white poofy clouds, Perfect weather, short sleeves, shorts, got a jacket just in case it starts raining because it always starts raining in the afternoon. I'm going to hit, um, I'm going to hit Snodgrass. So I'm going to leave downtown Crested Butte. I'm going to ride the, the wreck path up towards Mount Crested Butte. I'm going to get on Snodgrass. I'm going to ride that. And then I'm going to come off Snodgrass down the valley, down the gravel road to Lupin. I'm going to hit Lupin and see all of town. I'm going to hit Gunsmoke. And I'm going to come down from Gunsmoke, and then I'm going to hit the 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 outside, like the town little loops right by the Slate River. And if I opened a bike shop in Crested View, Colorado, I would call it uh, Slate Slate Cycles or Slate Bicycles because of the Slate River. My daughter jumped around in that river when she before Elliot was born, when she was like one or two, and she was it was two, and she was like, "This is." She was like, "My river, my river, Aww. my river," and we just cried. So we. Got access to Crested Butte through a customer one time, and they let us stay at his condo, and it's been our favorite place ever since ever. I and love so that. then I, I get done with the lower loop trails, 
after I've climbed and sweated and jumped and done all the single track. And then I'm going to roll into town. I'm going to go to Secret Stash Pizza, some of the best pizza I've ever had. And I'm going to get a PBR and a slice. That sounds perfect. And then, and then our very, hot very last question before this uh, trail maintenance crew revs up their chainsaws again. What is one thing you wish you got to talk about more that people don't ask you about? Oh, wow. I get to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. I get to talk, maybe, maybe the time in the band. I think in your honor, when we got signed to a label, because um, everyone always asks me about bikes, which is perfect. And I, and I push the boundaries of that and talk about different things. And I'm trying my best to give different perspective to the cycling industry. And I hope that comes through. And, uh, but yeah, you know, like I want to, I want to talk about, and I, I know, oh, I mean, music, yes, right? Music, yeah. band, but I want to talk about food. Ooh. I'm very interested in learning more about 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 cooking. Okay. And 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 cast iron. And uh, can we just talk about caramelized onions for like the rest of our lives? Oh my god, I make this vegan sweet mashed sweet potato, but it's a savory sweet potato, and you spend like an hour caramelizing the onions. Oh yeah, every time. Oh, oh yes, low and so slow, good. low and slow. And I just stare at them. I just kind of like. Throw a little like, salt on them I'm a little like, bit. Yeah, I'm like, don't touch mm -hmm. them. Don't touch them. And I'll put butter in, and I'll put a little more olive oil in, and I'll just look at them. And I'm like, I'm going to eat you in a little <laughs> bit. Mm. Okay. Uh, I am so hungry. Um, this has been a wide-ranging conversation with Bobby Wintel. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everything you do for everybody. And let's go get some coffee. Let's do it. I love you, Marley Blonsky. I love you too, Bobby Wintel. Good morning, friends. It is 7.20 on the morning of Mid-South. I think a few of us decided last night we're doing the 100 miles. Is that right, Tim? I think so. I think so. <laughs> Do you have a plan for today? Survive it. Um, <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it and take it all in. Yeah. Tim's one of our uh, Chicago chapter leaders. So we'll hopefully be riding together today. Um, here with Eli as well, who's putting sealant in their tires. Uh, what's your plan for today? Um, you know, pedal and whatnot. Have a good time. <laughs> enjoy the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, what's your plan? This is your first event. Is that right? That's true. My plan is to trust myself. That's all I got. <laughs> I freaking love that. Uh, uh, okay. I think we're ready. Our, uh, we'll check back in from the start line. All right. We are here at the start line of Mid-South Gravel. Uh, this is Marley with the All Bodies on Bikes podcast. And I'm here with Yasmin, who you might remember. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm actually feeling really excited all of a sudden. Yes. The energy here is good. Give me a kind of, tell me what's going on out here. Lay of the land. Yeah. Um, we're all outside with bicycles. <laughs> I thought well, you were going to say we're all outside. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all outside. It's not an indoor bike race. Um, there's a couple thousand people here. It's a really cool sort of brisk morning, um, but it feels pretty good. I think, yeah. Yeah. I was anticipating colder weather and all of a sudden this week it was going to be up to 80 so i'm pretty pumped and I, I just looked this morning it's like down to 72 okay which actually is better. like lovely for a bike ride Way better although i heard this wind is going to be interesting yeah it's going to be part of the game today yeah. how far are you riding 100 miles yes that is my plan as well cool. uh, all right well what's your plan for today uh, my plan is to chill out in the beginning because i don't want to burn out um, especially it's going to get hotter on the second half also there's more wind on the second half so yeah. we'll see what that's like um but yeah to make friends and finish the race ideally sounds like a good day yeah what about you same okay yeah i i got convinced to do the 100 which might be a 
A choice. Yeah. Spicy. <laughs> I mean, it's a choice I made for sure. But we'll see how my knee holds up. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just like caught up in the excitement and the momentum. Oh my God. So... Yeah. And you don't want the day to end. No. Like, yeah. Like I could hang out at the finish line for a long time. Yes. Or I could not. Do you want to go catch up with the Melon and Base Miles folks Let's and ride with them? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. We'll check in later. All right, uh, we are coming up to the end. I just have a cop pull in front of me with his lights on. Coming for that bobby hug. 30 Jeeps behind me. There's a cop in front of me. Thank you. Whew. We gotta be close. This is getting wild. What a day. So, so grateful for this opportunity. All my sponsors, everybody for supporting me, my family. I think I can hear Bobby on the, on the microphone. Oh Lord. I see the finish line clock actually. It was faster than I thought it was gonna be. is an all bodies on bikes podcast powered by feisty media the show is produced by maggie and marley and edited by the team at feisty media thanks for listening mm-hmm.